There is so much going on uh, when it comes to the vaccine, Ari, uh, that it is mind-blowing. It's, it's so frustrating at the same time. Uh, and it's, it's not just that. Uh, it's also global warming or climate change that they prefer to call it now. Uh, and then even the discussion about God, even the discussion about transgenderism, um, and just some basic things that seem to be coming out that should have made us scratch, uh, scratch our heads a long time ago. And th- there are some things that you need to know when it comes to the vaccine and some things th- that should be sufficient to at least make you say, I don't want to take that vaccine. Something's odd with the vaccine. If the vaccine were so perfect, uh, then you would expect a few things not to be a problem. For example, you would expect uh, them not to suppress any anti, anti-vaccine commentary on Twitter or otherwise. You would expect them uh, to say, by all means, go ahead and take the therapeutics. Uh, we think it's not as good as the vaccine, but please go ahead and take those if you like. Uh, you, I think you'll find that you're better off with the vaccine. Okay? But no, they have to, they have to demonize you if you uh, take the therapeutics, right? Uh, the ivermectin and, and HCQ plus zinc. That's another thing. Then uh, you would think that they would stand by their product, meaning the vaccine. Uh, they, they wouldn't um, you know, insist on no liability for the product, okay? So it, meaning that if something bad happens to you or your loved ones, that you can't sue for an adverse reaction. Now, you could say, okay, well, Barack, the reason for that is that it was an emergency thing and they really wanted to get this out there and so on like that. But okay, fine. If that's the case, then the next question comes around. And now we know this only in hindsight, but Pfizer tested and, and they had no effectiveness of the vaccine at all. Nothing came out that reflected that the vaccine worked. And yet they still pushed it out. And they knew about the adverse effects. So uh, that, that's, you know, another issue. Uh, there, there are a couple of other issues, that, and you can feel free to chime in, Ari, about the vaccine. Well, can I ask you do, you, do you remember how many people they tested it on? We found that out the other day. It was like 500? Between 200 and 600 people. Okay. So, uh, this was their clinical trial. <laughs> All right. They give it, uh, and that's the total number of people in the study. We don't know how many were the placebo, how many were the... So it could have been half and half, right? right? right. 150 to 300 people, max, right. got the real vaccine in the <clears throat> clinical trial. Mm-hmm. So that means they didn't run a clinical trial that they cited as, in the clinical trial, the efficacy is 100%, right? Yeah, yeah. So this, this is product fraud. That's like giving cigarettes to 150 people and then declaring them healthy, well, that, that's another thing, uh, and you mentioned this about the 100% thing, the 100% effectiveness. Uh, you know, it, again, you could be forgiven for thinking and believing that it was 100% effective because, you know, good old Dr. Fauci told you so. But, but then, you know, he had to admit that it was 90% effective, 80% effective, 40% effective. And then, and then they said it, was, um, it, it would subdue the effects of COVID should you get it. Right, and it seemed to have no impact whatsoever. I mean, they had to admit that it didn't stop you from giving uh, COVID or getting COVID. 
whatsoever. It didn't stop any spread whatsoever. And they had to admit that. And, and yet they, they said, and then Biden said it was the epidemic of the unvaccinated. Well, what, why should that be? If, if you're vaccinated, then you should have no concern whatsoever about anybody around you, at least vis-a-vis COVID and maybe other things, tuberculosis and so on. I get that. But, but for COVID, you, that, that's the whole point of the vaccine. It's not, it's not as if you have to have this socialistic system that where Every, every, literally every single person on, in the, on the entire planet has to be vaccinated before it becomes effective. That's, that's absurd. If you had that standard and then say, well, it doesn't work because not everyone was vaccinated, then you've got an absurd vaccine. It just doesn't work whatsoever. Well, it does work when you turn the dynamic around and realize, okay, $100, let's just say it's 100 it was around 100 like $126. $100 per dose goes to Pfizer, Right. right? For every dose that someone's coerced into, of that money that Pfizer gets, they then kick that back to the politicians who mandate it. Now you see the cycle of life here. Yeah, oh, I see. Right? That, that's very interesting. That's a really good point. The other thing that I, I just I picked up from uh, a talk that I heard from uh, Steve Kirsch, uh, who's uh, very anti-vaccine on this particular topic and, and COVID, and talks a lot about some uh, very disturbing trends that he's seeing. But one of the things that he said, and, and this is really powerful, it's, it's like when somebody says, I don't want to do a lie detector test, right? Like, okay, well, why, why don't you want to do that? I mean, if you, if you feel like you haven't you know, stolen that money, you haven't embezzled, you haven't, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the situation might be, then why not take a, a lie detector test, right? And generally speaking, they're pretty good about revealing whether or not you're lying. So that, that's one thing. Okay. Uh, but this, he, he has this uh, challenge out there and he has a bet and he says, I will give, I think it was a million dollars, maybe even $10 million. I will give $10 million to anyone that actually can prove the efficacy of this COVID vaccine. Right. And that, it, and that it doesn't have these adverse effects, these dangerous adverse effects. And not one in the industry has taken him up on that, even with the promise of $10 million. Even if it's a million dollars, I think it's, it's pretty handsome money there. And like, why not? Why wouldn't they do that? Well, there's a reason. It's an obvious reason. One is they can't prove it, obviously. Secondly, to the extent that, he, that they, they can't prove it and he's shown in a debate that they're wrong, there goes anybody from ever taking the vaccine again, and they distrust government forever, and for that matter, the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies that are pushing the vaccine. So these are challenges that should you make you very concerned. Uh, then, then, of course, the fact that uh, the vaccines uh, were not necessary for the kids uh, they were the least likely to spread COVID and so on. So all these head scratchers, these, these are the data points on the ground that should have made you say, I'm not willing to go forward with this. It's too, there are too many questions about this. It, it doesn't jibe within the, uh, the realm of what is normal. And then finally, and I'll say this uh, about the vaccine, is that the VAERS reporting system, which, you know, this is apples to apples, most of the VAERS is reported by doctors reporting what their patients are saying about this or that product that they're using, okay? In this case, it's a vaccine. And the level of reporting from, from the COVID vaccine is so much higher than virtually any other drug that it should really ring alarm bells. 
Okay, they're not talking about VARES. They would talk about VARES, by the way, uh, if, if there were very little reporting of side effects, they would be thrilled to announce that. You know it, right? Finally. <laughs> That's a finally, finally, I guess. Uh, have you noticed that they never talk about side effects whatsoever when they push this, right? Every other pharmaceutical drug out there, commercial, you, you see, you know, and I kind of like this, actually, this aspect. They're required by law to have some you know, clear-voiced uh, person talking about the side effects of this particular drug. Uh, may, may cause temporary blindness, uh, may, cause, uh, may, may impair your, your vision, may, may you know, make you more groggy, may, may cause suicidal thoughts, whatever it might be. You've heard them all, but there's nothing when it comes to this vaccine. So this vaccine is, is perfect. I mean, really? Why isn't, I mean, why isn't anyone who is taking the vaccine asking the doctor, Doc, what are the side effects of this vaccine? Yeah. But it's not even published on the, the insert. It's emergency youth authorization. They didn't have to publish anything, so the sheet they send is blank. And if they were required to do what they're required to do with any other drug, you know, the whole diarrhea, constipation yeah. list, yeah. this one would be may cause sudden death by coincidence, <laughs> right? Yeah. May cause... Embarrassment to the government Correct. may cause the media to lose credibility. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I like that a lot. That's a very that, that is a very funny side effect of this vaccine. Uh, yeah, death by coincidence. Yeah, death, death by coincidence may cause death by coincidence. That's really funny. Uh, but but speaking about that uh, death by coincidence, so you have all these so seemingly anecdotal stories of. Um, football players, soccer players, lacrosse players, runners, uh, people who breathe, uh, you know, suddenly dying. Uh, and they, they, they're very circumspect about uh, whether the person had taken the vaccine. And they certainly don't say anything about the reason for his or her death. All you know is they just are suddenly dying. Okay, now, you can, you can argue, look, Barack, this is just... You know, anecdotal, first of all, and there's only so many of them. And, you know, uh, it's, it's a man bites dog story. And therefore, it's going to be in the news. And no surprise there at all. It's something unusual. A 16-year-old girl uh, suddenly dies uh, following, a, you know, a, a routine gym exercise. Uh, yeah, that's going to be news. So no surprise there at all. But, but you have to compare apples to apples. Were, were they, there are more of these bizarre man bites dog stories happening uh, before 20, uh, 2021 when the vaccine was out, um, or uh, or are they are they same? Yeah, that's... if they're the same, then 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 it really is no big deal, and somebody's trying to push an agenda. I get that, but I I, I have a feeling that there are a lot more of these situations it's, going on. It's it's not a feeling. We've already talked about this. The numbers are <clears throat> so obvious. There were like eleven hundred of these deaths in the previous thirty years. You know, high school athletes, you know, dropping dead of heat stroke during football practice or some such, different versions of that. Uh, Hank Gathers of Loyola Marymount uh, down there, that college, was a very famous basketball player who died on the court during a game in 1989 or 1990. Uh, But was exceedingly rare to the point that it always made news when it happened, and there were about 1,100 of them. Now there have been something like 1,800 of them in the past two and a half years. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, there you go. It's, it's, it's the, the, it's it's a, these are, even if you were to say that these are anecdotal stories, fine, but these, (laughs) I have a lot more of these anecdotal stories than there were before. 
And uh, when it came to the SARS virus, I think it was SARS or maybe it was the swine flu, uh, there was, uh, you know, a trial run of a vaccine and 45 people either died or had really bad side effects of it. And immediately they, they said, no mas. <laughs> okay, we're not, we're not pushing this out. This is at a time when the FDA or whatever was, was uh, sufficiently uh, neutral and objective organization. Now, not so much. Okay, so these are very big concerns. Uh, these are the questions, not even the questions, that there are data points on the ground that you can't really meaningfully ignore. You, you have to say that the story keeps on changing, for one thing. We talked about that. We talked about the side effects as well. And then, of course, finally, the suppression of information. These are three very big uh, areas regarding the vaccine that should cause give you pause, at the very least, and and I think more accurately say, don't take this friggin' vaccine, okay? I want to make a quick point about this, and uh, I'm wondering what you think of this. And the word I'm going to use here is an overkill word. Um, but I'm not sure how much overkill it actually is. It may be pretty accurate. What I'm seeing in, in this dynamic is a inability for anyone to put, pull the emergency brake on this and just come clean. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason is because this industry, health, you know, which, which encompasses health insurance and the medical profession practitioners, media and government have so pushed in all their poker chips on this one to such an extent that if this fails in any way mm-hmm. where they have to admit <clears throat> we were wrong, the loss of credibility is so great oh, yeah. that these three Areas of life that calling them industries is is understating by many factors what they are. These are these are gigantic entities that 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 cross paths with every one of our lives every day in massive ways. Every one of us is exposed to all the forms of media every day. Every for, every one of us is exposed to the messages our politicians tell us, and every one of us depends on our medical practitioners. Yeah. For maybe not every day, but a lot to to maintain our health and that credibility thereof is what keeps that going. And for these, the loss of credibility, loss of faith, the loss of belief is so great. I don't think they can do it. And the word that I want to use in this is Nazi regime. And what I mean by that is the lies and the double speak and the manipulation to me is almost Nazi regime level. Yeah, it, and that's it, what scares me about this. Yeah, no, you, you have a really good point, and I like your point because I think it's not only that it would have ripple effects for purposes of health issues in the future, should should any another virus come around or whatever they might claim is is an issue du jour health wise, whether it's uh, something like secondhand smoke or or whatever it might be. Uh, unless it's so obvious, like, you know, you shouldn't text and drive, you should have a safety belt uh, when you go. Those are legitimate, you know, fairly common sense warnings. But, uh, but this has not only a ripple effect in the health industry, but on er- everything else. They, you know, if, if they were to come clean on this, someone were fine to admit, like, we cannot deny anymore that the vaccine is is. Dangerous. In fact, we, we tell people not to take the vaccine anymore because we still want to experiment and tinker with this for another five years. We, we want to declare the emergency over. That, that maybe that's their, their way out of this. But nevertheless, um, at that point, people will say, well, why should I believe you in anything? 
It's the same thing as about what's a liar lies to you on anything significant or even not so significant. You ask the question, well, where else and when else have you lied to me? Right? It's a, it's a very simple thing. It's a credibility issue. And if you want to treat the government as, you know, an entity, which it is, okay, it's a blob if you want, but we can't trust Johnny government. It's just not, they don't have the credibility. And that, that moves on to our next category, which is global warming, you know, um, now known as climate change. So there's so many data points on this one as well, right? So you have, uh, you know, questions that are so simple to, to point out, uh, but, you know, first of all, that they called it global cooling in the 70s. They we're all going to die for global cooling. You, you, would, you might be flash frozen at like, like, the old, like a caveman in the old days, boom, all of a sudden, or like a mosquito caught in amber in a, in a tree, right? Uh, that's, that was the level of crisis that they pushed on us. But now it's global, then it became global warming. Then it became climate change. I mean, pick a lane, as they say. So that, that is the first way to look at the climate change issue. How, how do you explain that? Okay, that, that these people could be so certain about climate, uh, global cooling, then so certain about global warming, and that now so certain about climate change, which is kind of a catch-all phrase for everything that might be slightly disturbing in the weather. It's, it's challenging, right? It's, uh, it's something that really should make you go, uh, huh, at the very least. Then there's the other points. Like <laughs> the other obvious thing is, if they're so concerned about global warming, why are they flying around in private jets to, of all places of irony, uh, that is so publicly known, uh, to to these global warming conferences? They're right? always at luxury resorts for some reason. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're never going to some, you know, granola eating. <coughs> <coughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that was gross. Never, uh, sorry, nice wet cough there. <laughs> they're never going to some, you know, uh, you know, cheap, you know, uh, giant ball of twine, you know, motel in the middle of nowhere right. that has nothing but a McDonald's and an Arby's to it. They're always going to these really nice places. Well, they're, yeah. they're so exotic. But they, but, they, but they are very happy to share with you at the conference itself that this paper was made on 100% recycled whatever, okay? Yes. So, so it's, it's such a drop in the bucket compared to the private jets that they flew in on, right? And to say nothing of the Cadillacs and the, you know, all the other expenses. You would think they would have enough you know, electric cars to, to take care of themselves. They don't. And, and, they, and they literally say, what are you going to do? They, they literally said that. What are you going to do? To which we say, yeah, what are you going to do um, when it comes... Wait, hold on. What are you going to do when it comes to the entire planet? Like, what are you going to do? We can't run the, 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 the world on electric vehicles, or for that matter, electricity. We can't run it on solar power and, and wind energy. We can if, if, if we have alternative sources like nuclear power and more hydraulic power, uh, but nuclear especially, and they don't even talk about that, which is another data point. Why don't you talk about nuclear energy? It's, well, we know that it's safe, so why not? It's, it's totally uh, carbon-free. Well, I, I want to just throw out three quick things. The first is, what are you going to do about it? Well, the first answer is, well, why don't you do a Zoom session? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that solve all your problems? Wasn't that your answer for us? The second thing is, why is every solution always involve the loss of liberty right. and the loss of the single family home, two car, two child with the backyard lifestyle popular here in America? Why is that always the target? Yeah. 
Why, 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 why is the answer you should not have any population at all? Yeah, why, why is that always the answer? And then the third one is, and why is always transportation right in the crosshairs? It, uh, the, the bigger arching thing that you opened your preamble with, which was brilliant, is coming up with this idea of climate change is so fantastic because it's true. The climate is always changing. It's changing every day with this thing called the weather, and it's changing over the geological cycles with the things called continental drift and climatic earth changes and solar cycles. So, yeah, from your, from your verbiage department, yeah, you, you nailed it, guys. Bravo. I appreciate it. But it's always curious to me because what it really is, and it always boils down to, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead here, is these aren't global warming conferences. They are solutions to the problem of freedom conferences. (laughs) And capitalism, yes. Those are one and one, right? right? One and the same. Because, you know, freedom and free markets are one. I I was also meditating this morning on the the, uh, the 16th Amendment and uh, the income tax. I was thinking... Wow, because look how it's totally related to this. Taxing income is slavery slash theft. If you have to pay, if but but here's the reversal of it. Well, well let's let's stick to climate change though. Follow how this doesn't go off topic. Actually, right. the you are a slave because you're dumb enough to go to work. Who's your taskmaster in this sense? The homeless guy in front of your building. Yeah. He's the slaver. You're the slave. And we have plenty okay. of homeless guys in right. front of the building. Now, now this is now the 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 Davos set set at the WEF conference for this week are don't are not do not have the physical charms of the homeless bum I stepped over on my way into your building today. Yeah. But those are the same slavers yeah, yeah. In, in the same way. So the point is these carbon taxes is just an expansion of income taxes. It's basically saying here those are your taxes on your ability to work or build or do something. Uh, these are now taxes on your uh, – and let's not get, get – um, uh, uh, dilute ourselves. These are not taxes on transportation or uses or anything. When they're talking about carbon, they're talking about taxing you exhaling. Yes. So John Kerry actually said something to that effect. He said the answer to all these things is money, 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 money. Yes. Right? I think he said four times. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, and and everyone is supposedly smiling, and, and, you know, as he hears, right, he, he equips his his, his brilliant point right there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so money, money, money. Great. Well, thanks, thanks a lot. And, and money always solves problems, as we know. You know, that's 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 clear. Okay. So, another another data point that makes it clear that at least should make your head scratch, and this is so obvious. I, I mean, how many deadlines have they said? Uh, the earth would be doomed by, there was no turning back by, right? There must have been like like uh, 10 or so deadlines, each one passing, each and every one passing, right? And, and nothing close to it. In fact, in many cases, the ice sheet in, let's say, Greenland has gotten larger in some cases, right? Uh, and, and then, you know, look, I, I commend everyone to, to watch now, hopefully without paying it too much, maybe you can do it as a group session, pay for a one-time use or rent it, the um, Inconvenient Truth movie, the, the original one, uh, I think it came out in 2006? Yeah. Seven, okay. Watch that movie again, because first of all, that was when it was global warming still, mm-hmm. okay? And it was all about warming, 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 okay? <laughs> and uh, then you, you could see how many, fl- and it talks all these predictions. 2013 was an outside date, 
back then, right? 2007. It was six years hence. Yeah, that was the date that the Earth froze and we died. That's right. I know it. I, I, we I remember there. it well. It was we very... were recording this podcast <laughs> in the ice flow. Right, and we got frozen in time. And now it's 2023, 10 years later, and whew, I was chilly. <laughs> okay, anyway, you get the idea. It's, it's funny how they, they keep on going through these things and nobody calls them to account. It's, it's a very funny thing. And that should, that should be one of the easiest data points about this. Here's another data point. Um, if global warming is real, and, and particularly that the sea levels will rise uh, because of all this carbon emission and such, and it's going to do, do so within 10 years, or, or as, as uh, your girlfriend uh, AOC said, Ari, uh, by the way, I, I really think you should break off that relationship. It's a little odd. Uh, so when, when she passes her deadline... Uh, and she says that uh, we've only got 12 years left. And that was back what, four years ago she said that. So now we have eight years left. Okay, <laughs> so we're getting nowhere close to the doomsday clock. Why would anyone, including them, why would they be a congressman or woman? If, if there's nothing to do, right, we can't stop this, then why, why even bother? And, and you're not seeing any change whatsoever, right? I mean, it, it's, it's an obvious thing. There's so many exceptions to the Paris Climate Accord including China and India and so like that. So why bother with anything in life? Why, why even go to college if you're a kid, if you believe in this crap? Why, why take a job that has any, sense, any degree of promotion or you know, elbow grease whatsoever, right? Why not just work to get as much money as the government can give you, live out your last days on earth, apparently only eight years worth, uh, and then, then you go. you go. Know, that's it. Yeah, right. Vegas, baby. Vegas, Canadian baby, all Olympics, the way. Yeah, and sex right? it up and, and drug it up yeah. and, and booze it up. Uh, absolutely. And steal from your fellow man. And, and uh, you know, and then there's a the whole reparations argument. It's, it just, it's insane. So you have that. Uh, and then in addition to that, if, if the government really believes this, which they don't, if the government really believes that they would never issue these loans on swampland areas or low-level uh, states, coastal lands, particularly Florida, right? Why would they? What about right? Barack Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let, me, let me finish my thought. Let me finish. Yeah. Um, why would they give a loan on a house in Florida that is, you know, sea level more or less, knowing that the sea level is going to rise and drown everybody, right? I mean, certainly their security, their collateral on, on their loan, you know, is, is going to be underwater, why would they ever give a loan? And yet they do. And these are 30-year loans, my friend. Not, not eight-year loans like AOC would have us believe. These are 30-year loans. So if they, clearly the government itself doesn't believe in this crap. And, and not only that, but all these elites who own these coastal homes, because after all, it's nice to have a home on the beach, uh, they, they, they're not stopping. They're not moving to the mountains, Right. Anyway, that's another data point. I mean, what other data points but can you think the, of? The, the two big ones, and you actually hit on it right there, uh, to me are the behavior of the people espousing us. Why is Barack Obama buying oceanfront real estate in Hawaii and Martha's Vineyard right. if he's so afraid of drowning? And then you talked about these banks issuing loans. A, a sarcastic retort by the other side would be, but they're too big to fail. Right, which is idiotic, and those were the uh, excuses they used and that led to the 2008 de set of debacles, you know. Yeah. We're off topics. We're not going to go there right now. But you make a great point. I've said over and over again, banks and insurance companies are the smartest people on earth with money. It's all they do. 
That's why they exist. They don't do dumb stuff with money. Okay? <laughs> exactly. It them, it, they did a lot of work acquiring all that money for investment purposes, and they don't invest it in stupid things that are ESG compliant other than to satisfy some propaganda in the marketing. Okay. What so, they do, so, so, so my point is, like you said, so when they do invest in Malibu yeah. or at Pebble Beach or in San Francisco, for, which is some of the most expensive real estate on earth, Montecito, right? Here's a, Montecito is a great example. That's the most expensive zip code in, Southern, in California, right? Maybe. I, I, okay, okay yeah, let's, let's, let's move on. I, I, I get your point. It's, it's a simpler point than that. It's like if, if they praise a property and they know that the property is going to go, let's say, radioactive in, in two years, the property value will, go, will plummet in value instantly, right? If yeah. you know, for example, that there's only going to be a, a, you know, a fraction of the water supply left, fresh water, and, and we're stuck with you know, only X amount of billions of gallons of water for the rest, for the rest of eternity, suddenly water is going to be very expensive. You don't have to wait for it to go to its last drop, yeah. right? That's basic supply and demand. That's what you're talking about. You're 100% right. Another data point that uh, people ought to be thinking about is, you know, not just looking past in terms of the global warming thing, but also in terms of uh, everything else that they've doomsdayed uh, in the past, right? The, the population issue, right? The, the, uh, uh, not, nothing has ever happened that they claimed would happen, whether it's global hunger, uh, people will be eating each other. Uh, I believe the population, Paul Ehrlich from the population bomb, he got everyone to believe by the year 1970 or 1990, I, I forget, yeah. uh, there would be no life in the oceans. No life, okay? That's how bad it would be, right? There's plenty of life. There's, there's not even the slightest indication that there's less life in any shape or form among the oceans or on the on the land, so you have to look at either talk about credibility, right? The whole thing about you know when you when somebody lies to you, uh, do you take them at their word the next time? I mean, of course you don't. It's it's that basic. So if you if you think of the government or the media as this amorphous blob that is spitting out supposed truths and warnings, uh, that that blob ain't telling you the truth, and it yeah. should be a basic point of of reference. I want to move on to, uh, I know you want to talk more about this, but there's so many data points in the, in the climate change issue that, that should at least make you scratch your head in a very serious, aggressive way to the point you might incur a bald spot, okay? Yeah. That's, that's how serious uh, these data points should give you pause. Okay? Right. I just wanted to make a, two very quick points about science and discoveries, though, because sometimes things have been, always been there, but... Just because you discover it doesn't mean it just showed up, right? You, there might be a gopher hole in your backyard. You might see it today, but that doesn't mean it wasn't dug out a year ago, right? So the two are the Pacific and Atlantic garbage patches, those two big piles of garbage in the middle of the ocean, and the ozone holes. Right. Remember when they discovered the ozone hole? Oh, my God, there's a hole in the ozone. Right. Turns out those were actually always there. Right. They just had we finally had the technology to discover it right oh, i see what you're saying right. yeah that's a good point the other one is uh, you're talking about the oceans really fast how they talk about the oceans are going to be devoid of life well they kind of are right in that mm -hmm. the the middles of the oceans are virtually empty the way oceans work is they form massive vortexes in the middle all the garbage kind of collects mm -hmm. in places where there isn't life 
all the ocean life, 90% of it, is near the coastlines, within yeah. 40 miles of the coast. That makes more so, sense because it's, it's, it's higher in elevation right. uh, it, and, and there's more light coming down to it and so on. I, I get the point. Yeah, but, so but, the point is just because they we now know about these garbage patches doesn't mean they haven't been there for millennia. Yes, yes, okay. So, and I appreciate that. The transgender world now, that's, that's some data points there as well. Oh, leave those people alone. They're so lot. kind. They're so thoughtful. Okay, so nobody's asked the question, and we've, we've asked it. I mean, it's such a basic question to first ask. Uh, they, they would make you think, they would have you believe that transgendered people are probably one out of every three people, maybe one out of ten people, a hell of a lot of people. Because they talk about it so much, it's a salience thing, isn't it, Ari, where you... you, you because everyone's talking about it and everyone's identifying this and that and they're trying to change your pronouns, you would think that every third or fourth person is, is suffering, suffering some sort of dysphoria or has a preference one way or the other or has a need to be in the women's locker room for whatever reason. Uh, and and it's, it's bizarre, right? I mean, but, but it doesn't take that much. You, you, you know, Google is a fantastic search engine, among others. Uh, that you can actually find out this information. And all you have to say, um, how many people actually have suffer from actual uh, dysphoria, gender dysphoria? Can I ask right? it now? Well, we already did the research. It's changed since then. That's the problem. Okay. But when, when so you and I... one out of four? Yeah, something like that. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, it'll change the, the, the response. Yeah. But when Google was honest about this issue, because before it, it got woke... Uh, Google said, you know, scientifically, one out of every 30,000 on average, because it's a little different for men and for women, um, but on average, one out of 30,000 suffers from true gender dysphoria, which is a, an incredibly tiny fraction. And we gave examples on that podcast a long time ago, Ari, where, you know, left-handed people are 10% of the population. Jewish people, Jews are, are, are 2% of the population. Gays, depending on how you define gay, is somewhere anywhere between 3 and 7% of the population and so on and so on. Uh, but but you, they would make you believe that this one out of 30,000, which translates to, I think, like 0.002 of the population, maybe even less, um, is, is everywhere, everywhere. But no one asks that basic data point, and that's, that's the, the, the first head-scratcher when it comes to that. Yeah, and let's just put this in visible perspective, just to, for pure simplicity. What you're talking about here is the Rose Bowl game, you know, in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, which is yeah. a stadium that holds 103,000 people. Right. It's a sold-out game, and then with all the vendors, all the football teams, all the marching bands, full, full thing, right? Right. Three people. <laughs> that's right. Three At of those. Most. That's right. That's exactly right. On a good day. I think we calculated that the total number of people who actually suffer from uh, gender transphoria is about nine thousand people in America. Nine thousand. That's it. Okay. So there's a hell of a lot more people who have disabilities uh, of this or that variety, and all the other things. People who are colorblind. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 they don't get any of the attention that these guys get. And I, our theory was that it was because it involved sexuality and gender identification and all that. It's designed to confuse you. So the first thing you've got to ask is, why are we you know, turning our entire universe around based upon this tiny fraction of people, which God bless them. I understand no one wants to suffer true gender dysphoria. It's a real issue and such, but don't make me change my language around this tiny fraction of people, okay? And if, if you do make me change this language, then, then I, I get to complain about the fact that, um, that so many events are held on Saturdays, which is our Shabbat, right? Uh, I, I, 
I want to respect Shabbat as much as I can, but I have so many things that I, that I have to engage in, including kids' sports. I mean, if you want your kid to excel in sports, it's very hard to do as a Jewish family uh, because, you know, tournaments and games are constantly on Saturdays, right? And Friday nights, for that matter. It's very hard. See, see I knew there was something wrong with you. You're not supposed to be dealing with your kids' sports. You're supposed to be sitting in front of the TV watching professional <laughs> men play sports on Saturday. Good point. Yes, exactly right. But I, but I couldn't even watch that because it's, it's operating a TV unless I had it on the entire time before. Yeah, but yeah. God has so, – at my, at my grandmother's house, God commanded us to watch the Dodgers and Sandy Koufax. <laughs> and so I, I always thought that that was part of our religion. All right. So here we go. But anyway, the, the point is, I mean, why, why turn that, that around? I mean, I, and, yeah. and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and all those things. Why, why don't I get that, ho- that day off, mm-hmm. right? For, and why doesn't America shut down out of respect for those holidays? Uh, and, and, and why should, you know, why, why don't I force everyone to not say Merry Christmas? Oh, yeah, that's right. They are, they're already trying to do that because it would be so offensive to me as a Jew or to somebody who's not Christian, right? I, I, you know, but we don't work that way. We just don't. And... This much smaller group, far tinier of a group, is now dictating terms. And that's, that should be a head-scratcher that, again, should make your head go bald. All right? Uh, then then the, the, the simple logic of it, uh, the, the fact that we can't do all these pronouns, it, it's just too tongue-twisting. It's ridiculous at some point. Um, then the fact that these, these surgeries for transgendered folk who want to have a, a surgery, they are so debilitating, especially for men who want to be women. Um, they, the, the new report came out that 60% of them uh, report excruciating pain and constant revisits to the hospital, right? Never mind the why. I know you want, because it's a moneymaker. I get it. But that's, that's not the point. These are the, the big questions. And then, then the other obvious question is, a dude can never be a woman. How about that? Okay, if, oh, unless unless you can uh, unless you can have um, unless you can prove that unless you have XX chromosomes, you ain't a woman. How about that? What is a woman? I mean, give me a break. You got XX chromosomes. That's that's what a woman is, and with all the female parts. Okay, is it that hard? Right? It's not. It's not even cultural. It's biological, and if you got a Y chromosome, chromosome, you're a dude. It's as simple as that. But again, everyone wants to pretend it's completely you know, some, somehow societally predisposed. It's an absurd thing, right? I mean, the, the evidence of your eyes and your own experience show you that there is a difference between a man and a woman, right? If you're married, you know it, right? If you deal with a woman as a, as a wife, uh, life is uh, very confusing sometimes, right? I mean, and likewise, you're confusing to her. It's just very different. We think different. Differently, we are different species as far as I'm concerned. We are very, very different animals. And that, and, but they want to take away that observed experience. Here's something that my daughter said that I thought was so brilliant when she talked about the transgendered uh, issue about men wanting to be in women's locker rooms because they identify as women. Therefore, they should be allowed in the women's locker rooms and bathrooms, right? Here's what she said. And I thought it was so brilliant. And it was such a, a, cl- a clear and, and powerfully obvious statement. But sometimes out of the most obvious things, you get wisdom. Here's what she said. If a biological man really identified as a woman, then he would understand why women don't want him in the bathroom and locker rooms. Isn't that brilliant? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, 
And uh, but can I actually say a rebuttal that doesn't? I I don't think it disagrees with that point. Mm-hmm. But I was sort of mulling this over, which is: Would a real biological man who has his actual sexual drives geared to seeing women in their most intimate yeah. want to see? No, no, not vulnerable. No, intimate and vulnerable. I'm talking about intimate in a different way, though. Yeah. Want to see women in their private quarters? where they prepare themselves for how they want to be seen? In other words, as a man, do you really have any urge whatsoever to invade a woman's private spaces? Yeah, I, I think I it's don't. I think it's something weirder and stranger than that. Uh, for whatever real reason, I think a lot of these men who want to go into the locker room of women, uh, even if they you know have the dysphoria and they truly don't have a sexual interest in in these girls and women, even so, he should still understand why a, a female would be troubled by a person with a penis coming into a locker room. It's, it's that, that's the whole point. And, and that is the obvious stuff that we can't seem to wrap our mind around. And the way that people buy these things uh, and, and, and to observe how crazy it is that, that this is something that we would never have said 10 years ago. And this notion that somehow we can flip on a dime and, and go every hour, every five minutes, we can change from one to the other. This is a, a new thing that is beyond absurd. Yeah, These are data points, I, I my friends. I think there's also a bigger picture issue here that we haven't hit on yet, which is this, which is we've gone to the point where the people acting with complete inconsideration towards others are now not the ones being called into question in any way. And then the people who go, wait a minute, you're hurting me by being inconsiderate to me are the ones being told how wrong they are. Yeah, that's right. How yeah, has that yeah. ever flown? This is, uh, this is the ultimate and final point that I'll make is that uh, on the transgender issue is that it's all about the feelings of the transgender person, but the feelings of the biological knows. women uh, in the locker room, in the bathrooms, their feelings don't matter at all. You know, and they comprise a hell of a lot more of the population. I would say about 50% uh, of the population, which I think is, to my mind, more than 0.002% of the population. And yet the 0.002% of the population wins on, yeah. on this issue. So, folks, I, you know, these are the data points that, you know, you have to, you know, we're big fans of questions here on, on the Brock Larry podcast, right? Ari and I always say questions are far more important than the answers. But you've got to ask these questions. These data points on each of these issues should make your head scratch. You should be scratching that all day long and to the point where you you just can't possibly believe this crap. Yeah, eczema-level scratching. (laughs) Mange. I I, I like it. All right, folks. Uh, I do hope you appreciate this. Uh, This is designed to be eye-opening, but... But it really should be obvious. I mean, you don't need to be a scientist. You don't need to be a lawyer. You just need to be a human being with the capacity of common sense and some degree of logical reasoning to get through this morass of nonsense. All right, folks, Brock Lurie signing off. God bless, and we'll talk with you next week.